What's up, my friends? Welcome back to another podcast. My name is Mike Perrine. This is the Everyday Detox Podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, this little guy right here is Pablo. He is the newest addition to our family. He's a rescue pup. He's a chihuahua. Uh, If you watch any of the content that uh, we create on social media, like at the Everyday Detox account on Instagram or at Vitality NYC, Uh, You see there's a lot of animals in our family here. We have a chihuahua. We have a pit bull. We have a cat. We have a flock of chickens. Is flock the right word? You have a flock of chickens? What is it? What are chickens called? I don't know what they're called. I'm going to go with flock because I think that sounds okay to me. Uh, But uh, So we have chickens and Holly has a horse. Uh, So there's a lot of animal activity on our Insta story a lot of the time. So I thought I'd give Pablo his moment to make his YouTube debut. And I'm going to let him... Go over on the other side of the desk and lay down. Thanks, Pablo. Uh, So welcome back to another podcast. This one has been in the bank for a while. This was filmed at Vitality NYC in Midtown Manhattan. That's the cleansing and detoxification studio uh, where we do all of our work and where I film a lot of these podcasts. I'm in Oregon right now uh, with the family and with the animals. And, uh, you know, it's taken me a lot of time to get uh, a lot of these podcasts out that I've had saved that I filmed Uh, the last time I was in New York City, Uh, because A, I have a lot of projects going on. You know, I have, um, we have the Q&A show on YouTube. We have the Insta Story Nutritional Detox Q&As that I do uh, at Everyday Detox and at Vitality NYC uh, at least three to four times a week. Um, We have this podcast happening, and then we have all the activity that happens at the studio, and there's some changes, and there's new team members, and uh, there's lots of growth and things going on there. So, uh, it makes it difficult to get these out, but really what it is, is the uh, the fact that this is a video podcast. It's something that I always appreciated about podcasts. Like I used to like to listen to them and I'd be running or cycling and you'd listen to some uh, conversation for an hour and then I'd come back home and I would drop onto my computer to check an email and I'd take a minute or two to drop into YouTube and watch a minute or two of this podcast I'd been listening to for hours and I was going to continue to listen to when I got on to my next workout or commute or whatever it was so I can get like a visual picture of who I'm, you know, listening to and like, you know, what it's about. So I always appreciated that, but it does bring it to a new level of work. Like it takes time. Like there's audio adjustments and um, color matching and cropping and uh, just the edit process is much more difficult than if it were purely audio. So I've even contemplated just making this a true podcast and making it purely audio. But because I always appreciated it myself, I think I'm going to keep it visual. And uh, we're going to continue to to record these. Uh, So I know that if you're watching this on YouTube and you're one of the people that consistently does that, you'll probably appreciate that as well. But So that's what the big holdup is. That's why it takes me so long. It's just me being busy. It's the nature of what it is. And um, anyway, I'm so grateful that you guys like and enjoy these podcasts. I love the DMs and the uh, YouTube comments that will come out of nowhere where people will go, when's the next podcast coming out? And I'm like, wow. I'm like, People are actually thinking about this podcast when it's not happening. So that means the world to me. I'm glad that you guys are finding value in it because I put a lot of effort into these. Uh, Speaking of putting effort into podcasts, this one I had put so much effort into. This was filmed at Vitality uh, before I left for Oregon last time. This is with my good friend Rachel D'Alto, who I've known for years, 
who I wanted to have on the podcast uh, almost from the beginning, but things never really lined up with the schedule because she is very busy. Uh, she has a coaching practice. Uh, she hosts television programs. She does guest spots on morning television. Um, she does TED Talks. You know, uh, She's got a very tight schedule. She's not in New York City that often. So I like this time when I knew she was going to be in the city, I really wanted to like strike while the iron was hot. I wanted to get this done. I wanted to be respectful of her time. I wanted to ask all the right questions. I wanted it to be perfect. And of course it wasn't. <laughs> so I set up this podcast in the morning. I got into work extra early. We tucked away in the sauna room. I set up the cameras, the audio. I prepped the whole office as to like, you know, how to control noise while we're in there because we were doing this during business hours. And after like three hours of complete silence while I set up this podcast, Rachel arrives. We have a few sips of juice. We sit down. I start the podcast 30 seconds in. They start removing a thousand pound radiator from above our heads in the unit above us. There was like concrete crumbs hitting the table while we were working. There's like giant song noises as they saw through metal pipes. Uh, there was like things dropping. So, you know, it, it, it disrupted my flow a little bit. <laughs> I was like, and I was also very nervous going into this one, trying to make it perfect. I don't know what I was thinking. That's not usually how I am. Uh, but uh, I edited it. And we got all the, the noise and the nonsense out. I think I did a nice, clean edit. I think it came out great. I distilled all of the most valuable information. Rachel was a lawyer, and she's also an entrepreneur, and she developed a dating app many years ago. And in the process of uh, promoting this dating app, uh, she was doing a lot of speaking. And people very quickly realized that uh, she was uh, really good at reading people and really good at understanding relationships. And over the years, she has become known as a relationship expert, and she gets invited to do a lot of spots on television. She has a thriving coaching practice, uh, and she gives really, really good advice. Um, it's uh, it's soft and understanding, yet it's firm and to the point, which I which is what I think a lot of people need, especially in the dating and relationship world. So uh, I took one of her workshops once, and I was blown away. And uh, ever since, I was like, I really hope she'll agree to do the podcast one day, and she did, and uh, it was amazing. So um, despite all of the little technical issues and the noise stuff, uh, I think we did really good. I hope you guys will enjoy this one as much as I did. Let's jump right in. Uh, hopefully we have no more noise for the next 45 minutes or so. Um, so we met at Soul Camp. We did. It's uh, like an adult getaway camp uh, where people go to like do fun arts and crafts and spiritual <laughs> stuff. And it, it's fun. There really it, is arts and crafts, so I can't even laugh You know, there is. Yeah. There's arts and crafts. And so the cool thing is they had us do... I actually had to ask for more time. I did like two hours of teaching over a three-day period or something like yeah. that. And then that's it. Then it's like eat for free, go to anybody's workshop, do whatever you want. I did go to only one workshop, and that was your workshop. Aww. Yeah, because I met you there. You were, um, I was introduced uh, to you from Bex, uh, who's been on this podcast many times. And uh, I went to your workshop, and I just thought, I don't know. I had a thing. Like I knew that like I would like you, and we would be friends. And I was like, let me see what Rachel does. And I believe your workshop was on... Uh, finding love. Mm -hmm. And I was, I wasn't really like, I, I had just come out of a relationship. Um, I wasn't really heartbroken or anything. I wasn't like looking for uh, love or anything, but I thought, let me go do this. And it was literally a group of us sat around in a circle and it was so valuable. Like the, that's, that's why I got so nervous about doing this podcast. Cause Aww. I know that the advice that you have, it's so 
it's so precious that I was like, I don't want to mess this up. Like, I want to make sure I capture. It's a lot uh, of pressure. Right I hope I say things that are really valuable. But today. that group, that group was, <laughs> was, it was amazing. And I was very impressed yeah. by it. Um, and I was like, I, I hope Rachel will want to do my podcast. Of course. But then you did a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. Oh, with Tim. Yes, with yes. Tim, where they, t- where they talk about like the Illuminati and Way chemtrails and ayahuasca. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. But- I mean, that was the most bizarre. It was funny. Yeah. I don't even know what I said on that. We were talking about past lives and like Illuminati and it was bizarre. It was a fun one. It was I a like fun that. one. I had a good time. We drank Because I was like, well, Rachel, on the you podcast. come on a podcast? Yeah, you got drunk on that podcast. I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm it's not sorry. my fault. I, I know. I was alcohol. like, I get- kind of like the juice though. It's middle of the day. Yeah. Let's get high on chocolate. But I was like, is Rachel going to want to come on a podcast where we talk about poop all day? Um, Who doesn't want to talk about poop all day? Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, what is it like right now relevant in the dating relationship world? Like what's like, what are you like super focused on right now? There is a level of psychosis that social media has created in dating and relationships that was never there. Think about when we were dating in high school, you know, before the internet was even a thing. You would go out with somebody and meet them and not be able to learn every person that they've ever dated, find pictures of their exes, find pictures of their kids. You know what I mean? You couldn't go in and sleuth these people and also have all these preconceptions and these stories created based on what you find. It's, it literally makes people insane. Social yeah. media makes people dating crazy. You know, an interesting thing came up for me. Like I realized that I just escaped this by just by the nature of my age and where technology landed. But from like, you know, just we'll talk about dick pics for a second and sexy photos like they're like the idea that like, oh, wait, the person that I'm with, there might be depending on where they're at in their dating life. There might be anywhere from one to ten people with sexy photos of your partner. Yeah. Right. And they may or may not still have them. And it's just like your partner may have 30 dick pics in their phone still. Right. It's a lot of dick pics. It's a lot of dick, Rachel. It's a lot of dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. I I just had this conversation with a, a group of college students. We were talking. I was like, I don't envy you people at all. Because if I was making decisions in terms of what I put on social media back when I was 20 or back or what I would have sent to people that I was dating when I was 19, 20 years old and an idiot. Outrageous, right? It would, I would have so much out there and it would be awful and I would never be president, which is never going to happen anyway. But yeah, it's a different world. What ways do you think like so aside from so, you know, we're talking about um, knowing each other, like getting to know each other so we can make like a good evaluation on um, if that's someone that you want to continue seeing. What are what tools do you like that's different than just like the regular like meet and greet kind of go out and date and like say hello at the table and have an awkward conversation? Like, is there anything where you like? The, this is a better tool for us to get to know each other. Ask these questions when you first. I'm more about the intention that you put into your dating life before you even get to that point. So I think a lot of people date very unintentionally. We kind of just show up. We're like, all right, who are we going to dinner with tonight? Who are we grabbing drinks with? And just saying like, are we, am, am I attracted to this person? Okay, cool. 
But just like in any other area of your life, the more intention that you set and the more directive that you give your brain and your energy to go towards, the more concise and the more clear the results are. So I say we need to intentionally date. Like if I walk into Marshall's or TJ Maxx, which is a hodgepodge. I don't know if you've ever walked in before. Wait a second. I think I just did a whole Insta story on this a couple of weeks ago. On Marshall's or TJ Maxx? I went into one of these stores. Yeah. And I I was... I didn't, I didn't get it. Like I didn't know what it was and and Holly brought me in there and, uh, I was looking at this aisle and like everything was just everywhere. It's a hodgepodge of holy crap. Right. But I didn't know that was the point. It's the point. It's a discount retailer. You go in, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt and it's kind of exciting. However, I have a pro- if I walk in there and I don't know what I'm looking for, I'm like I get anxiety. I I don't want to be any, any part of it, and I end up walking out. But if I go in, and I'm like I want to find a blue shirt, the way our brain works is we start picking out all the blue shirts. You focus on something. So even in this sea of complete chaos, because it's fucking chaos in there, you see the blue shirts. And it's the same thing with dating. If you start having some sort of intention of what you're looking for, it's a lot easier to, to find it and to spot it as opposed to just walking into a sea of people and hoping that your soulmate, you know, falls on you. Isn't that how it always works, though? Whether or not you showed up to a bar or a concert 20 years ago or now if you're on a dating app, isn't it always in a pool? Yeah, it's a pool, but you have to know what you're looking for and yeah. you have to know how to weed through it. So I say set some intentions and... You have four, uh, what, do they, what do you call the them? The non-negotiables. The four non-negotiables. Yep. This is what you taught at that class at Soul Camp. I and I love I taught at the camp. And I honestly, it's one of the things I use with everybody and every chance I can get because it's what sets the intention. So I say to people, I say, you have four non-negotiables. These are the four qualities. And they can't be physical qualities. They have to be four qualities that you're looking for in your person. They're like the baseline qualities. And they can't be a given, which I love the intelligence yeah. behind it. They can't be like doesn't cheat. Yeah, like That's yeah, exactly. The- so a lot of times people will say they'll base their non-negotiables based on pain points. So they'll come right. from a place of pain. They'll come out of a relationship where maybe they were dishonest or they were cheating and, you know, all these things. Maybe they were, you know, total losers and like lived off you and mooched and they'll come and say well you know my non-negotiables are is that they can't be a cheater they can't steal from me and they can't lie to me well no shit like no (laughs) that's a given that's like where's your favorite you know pick a vacation spot okay uh must have oxygen yeah yeah, no shit yeah exactly (laughs) so the non-negotiables are quality so at the end of the day and it's kind of that like 90 year old sleeping test like when you're sleeping next to your partner when you're both 90 and you look like turtles what is still there? What are the qualities that are still there with someone? So it's things like intelligence, ambition, kindness, you know, um, humor, those type of things. And, and the list could go on forever. And it's that's the stuff that you need to focus as your non-negotiables. So in addition to those, um, those non-negotiables, you had said something. And I wonder, do you still do you still hold the make out test? The what? The makeout test. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's start with that. Then there's the yeah. makeout test. There's a makeout test. So there's the five date and the makeout test. So right. it's oh, always it was five. I thought it was three dates. I've actually accelerated a little bit because I think people still at this point, because especially if the, if the first date is just a meet and greet, a quick one, I like mm-hmm. to at least push them to five. Sometimes they only make it to three. Well, before we enter that, I'll tell you why this is important. I have a friend that this is where the private investigator comes in. Mm. So she had an amazing first date with a guy, was really stoked. Uh, had a second date with the guy. She wasn't feeling herself. Not not feeling him. She was feeling him, but she, she just was wasn't a feeling checked good. Checked out. She yeah. it was. She in retrospect, 
uh, believes it was difficult for him to engage with her because she was very kind of checked out, right? Okay. Um, wasn't herself. Texted him, though, had a great time. They made out, whatever. Texted him, had a great time, and would love to. Uh, I would love to set up our, our third date. Kind of got a little something back that was just kind of a blow-off. Took her like four days to hear anything from the guy, and now she's like, oh, shit. So it sounds like because he was very stoked on the first date, he made a decision based on the second date. He did. When he should have given it. Wait, there was a private investigator in this situation? Well, now what she wants to do, she's like, I can't text him. She's like, I feel like I need to bump into him so I could show him that. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, apparently you go to, she went to a private investigator. Stop. Pri- private investigator has been consulted, Rachel. Who cares? Now, Just move on. Well, that's one option. Yes, of course. But the, pri- not, the private investigator has not been hired. Private investigator has been consulted. And the private investigator says, we do this all the time. Stop it. Yes, it's called the bump. It has a name. I'm getting educated on this. It's called the bump. So all they do is they find out when and where he goes to his coffee shop in the morning. And then you're there and you're like, oh, hey, hi. You know, oh, my God. People are insane. Yeah, but it's happening. People all, are insane. It's happening all the The entire the world has gone to shit. Yeah. They're all insane. Please don't so, do this. N- anyone, please don't do this. We don't know based on that second date what's really going on. So you think five dates? I think be- three to five. I honestly, five is always the number that I'm like, if I can push someone to keep going out that long just to see. Because at the end of five dates, you definitely know, is this someone that I want to continue spending time with? Or is it someone that I'd rather jump off a cliff than see again? So, but with this whole ghosting, ghosting happens all the freaking time. And I get, and it happens with a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends where they will literally kind of go a little crazy trying to understand the why. But the point is, who cares? You got, the, inf- you got the information. You, you need. got the information. They're not interested. Right. We hang on to these things. We get weird around stuff. Oh my God. I've hung on to relationships for years that I knew did not work. Yeah, but you were in a relationship and these are, and this happens all the time. Someone will go out with someone once. And all of a sudden, they'll think that there's some sort of attachment. There's no attachment. The same as like you just tried on a shirt and put it back on the hanger. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't work out. Don't – the more – and I question – and again, your friend. I'm sorry if this is insulting. But I question kind of her own self-esteem and the confidence that she has and the security of herself. Because if you're secure enough in yourself – I've gotten ghosted. I've gotten go- I was dating someone for a couple weeks, like, and we went out probably five or six times and just disappeared. I don't care. There's a thing that happens in New York. I don't know if it happens around the around the country. I just know because I talk to a lot of women here. It's a very singles city, mm-hmm. New York. Um, there's always somebody else to replace you. Yeah, and uh, people could be very transitory, and mm-hmm. especially for women, I think there's just so much disappointment over and over again when they're being open and yes. open and open and inviting a man in for a date, inviting a man in for a thing. You Maybe they whatever. you're not being open and inviting somebody for a date. You're not being open and going out on a date or a second date or a third date. You're being open and vulnerable when you get into a relationship with. Someone. Someone, you start to kind of let your walls down. But no one should be feeling like they're being open on the first couple dates. You're just having fun. Or maybe hopeful is what I mean. Yeah, I think stop with the hopeful. hopes. Stop with the expectations. Just fucking enjoy yourself. Well, there are a lot of women in their 30s and 40s. I'm getting fired up, Ron. I know. I know. There's Can't. a lot of women in their 30s and 40s that are like, you know, and men too. But like I talk to yeah. more women than not. That's why I'm addressing women. But uh, there's women in their 30s and 40s that are like hopeful. And they're like, shit, I've been doing this since I'm in my 20s with these guys. Now they're ghosting me. Now, like, you know, I can't. Yeah. So I think I think that's why they start to get a little a little bit of desperation and private investigators get involved. I don't. I, that, I'm mind blown. The thing is, though, 
I understand that. I get that because I'm also in that, like I'm almost 40. All of my friends that are still single, they're here, a lot of them in New York, and they totally have that mentality and it sucks and I understand that. However, it's how you approach it and understanding that, listen, part of it is you going after the wrong people. Because I will tell you something, there is not a huge difference between men and women. It's just timing. It's absolute timing, especially for a man. He either has his light on or his light off. And my thing that I see with so many women, they're chasing men with their lights off. They're not ready. They're not interested in a relationship. If a guy tells you that they're just seeing what happens and they're not interested in a relationship, that's not a challenge for you to show up and convince him that you are the person he's ready to have a relationship with. Yeah, that's a really good point. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. And then we get all caught up with someone who has been honest a lot of times. And it is really 90% of the times where I hear the guys pretty much up from like, I don't know what I'm looking for. Not saying like, listen, I just want to have sex. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm not sure if I want a relationship. And all the woman hears is, well, maybe it's me. Maybe he'll like me. Maybe I'll be enough. And then when it's not her, suddenly she's not enough. God, I feel I thought that talking like coaching people through diet stuff was frustrating because people <laughs> don't, fi- you know, because it's like it's so obvious from the outside. But yeah. like it sounds like sounds like relationships like we just do these delusional things. We're freaking insane. Yeah. They're hiring private investigators after two dates. Yeah. I, I thought the private investigator was after like someone like ditched off you, you know, after six years of marriage. Oh, you thought it was a husband or yeah, a Yeah, like something that's actually relevant. Don't waste your fucking money on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 in her defense, call me. Is it you work with me? Well, we'll get over that before you uh, I reckon, hire a PI. I recommend you so many times. I think some some people are afraid of you because they because they don't want the light. I'm so terrifying. Yeah. Well, they don't Super want they, terrifying. they don't want the light of reality. Yeah. Nobody down likes sometimes. reality. No, they don't. Um, and that's I a, do it in a loving way. You know what you do, and this is. <laughs> I want to tell you something. I want to compliment you again. There, there's something that I really liked about your approach is that. You understand the wounded aspect of it all and like, I want to be desired. I don't feel good enough. Maybe that, you know, like you understand that aspect, but you also understand like the reality of from the outside looking in that like he's not into you or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to work. It has nothing to do with who you are or what you have to offer. Mm. But as much as we think that someone else is going to come in and heal those core wounds, those core wounds are the reason why that guy not calling back after the first date hurts so much Mm -hmm. because if your core wounds are kind of cemented up you won't give a shit because it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. they don't matter if one of your best friends stops talking to you that matters if someone that you love breaks up with you that matters because that's someone who's entrenched with you we are and, and i see this all the time my god i have so many friends that it's like and they're still talking about a guy that they went out with a month ago who never called back. And I'm like, who cares? It, they don't matter. It represents something else. It's a core wound. There's a core wound that has to be addressed there. Yeah. So it's never about X, Y, or Z. It's always about whatever's inside. Relationships, whether it's an insignificant relationship, like a first date, or really intense, you know, exclusive relationships, they shine a light on everything wrong with us. Everything. I'm still crazy. Like as much as I give advice and I work with people, like I still have moments where I feel insecure in my relationship. And I literally have to be talked off a ledge, like from my best friend, I'll call it and be like, I know, and I know it, like I can feel it. I'm like, insecurity came back out. 
don't know where I came from, got to talk it out. And it's typically a 24-hour window and thank God it goes away and stuff. But I'm saying like that's where I I get it because I still feel it. Relationships and love equal psychosis. Wait, relationships and love equal psychosis. Psychosis. It's it's insane. It's not logical. It's not logical to have that intense of feelings. Heartache is real. Yeah. Heartbreak is real. Like oh, it makes us physically sick. It's a physical. It's you have so many effects from love that I honestly feel like you almost you, we all get a pass to be a little bit crazy. Not don't waste money on a PI, but we had some questions come in from Instagram. Okay. For you. I love questions. Do you think a relationship can heal and recover from cheating? Yes, with major caveats. Uh-huh. Um, there has to be massive changes. And what I see oftentimes is that people don't change. They'll, they'll change temporarily and then everything will shift back. Like I'm talking about like really intensive work of figuring out the why and then recommitting to it. Um, but without that, like once you break trust, it is so difficult to bring it back. So the spouse that cheated has to be willing to work, you know, instead of 100%, it's like 400% for as long as it takes. Um, and there also has to be a significant amount of forgiveness on the person who was cheated on because – if they don't forgive and truly forgive and know that they're capable of forgiving and moving on, then they're holding it over their heads yeah, for the they, remainder of the relationship. Yeah, and they can't use it as ammunition yeah. when they have their next fight. Or, yep. And I think the person, uh, too, that got cheated on, I mean, this happened for me in, in one of my relationships, and, and that relationship did not survive ultimately. But uh, my, uh, I don't even think I had that much anger around it because yeah. I saw my own responsibility in it. Yeah, and, and realizing... Kinda, Okay. What we all do to create it, you know, and, and sometimes, but there's cases where it really wasn't the person's fault. Like they didn't do anything. It's just someone made decisions or didn't respect the relationship enough or, you know, just shouldn't be in a monogamous relationship, which is another situation. If you shouldn't be in that, then, you know, self-acknowledging that and not entering them is really important, but. Yeah, I have like very close friends and I'm so glad they healed that because now they have this amazing family and you know, and it was just like this thing that kind of made them Yeah. It's stronger. a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work and people have to humble themselves and that's the problem is that there tends to be humility in the outset and then as time goes on, you kind of fall back into old ways of behaving and they lose that humility and then it becomes kind of an issue. Okay, I want to end with this. Okay. And I don't usually do – this isn't one of those things where – I can't stand when people do this to me when they're like, so I ask every guest. I was like, is this some like, sort of kitschy little podcast no, it's, ending? It's, we, I don't do any – I have no formula to these things. Um, but it's something that I contemplate a lot. Um, it's actually you know, something – like some of the advice that I give people on relationships, I don't know if I'm qualified to do that, but – when they're trying to get a sense of somebody, I, to me, I always want to know. Like, it's and it's not my first question, but it happens somewhere in the beginning of knowing someone. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to know what they believe happens when we die, hmm. because I feel like from there you can get a sense of how they're going to behave in life and what drives their decisions. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I I think it's because you'll 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 figure out if somebody. Uh, do they hold on to a religious experience? Mm-hmm. Um, are they, you know, they have more new age ideas. Like you kind of get a sense for like what drives somebody's morality. Right? Totally. Um, so I'm curious, what do you believe happens when we die? Because you believe that relationships are 
the top of everything for the human experience. Am I correct? Yeah, it's how we evolve as humans. Yeah. So for me, that almost suggests. I mean, if a relationship is important, and if the, the idea of emotional spiritual evolution is accepted, it almost suggests that. We will have future lives. That we have future lives somehow, right? We so do. I'm so curious as yeah. to what you think about this. So this could be a whole different podcast. But so I started meditating probably six or seven years ago. What kind? Uh, legitimately, it was like a crappy app is what I started with and, and in Shavasana and yoga. So I started practicing yoga. So it's not like I studied TM or anything. Right. I literally just got quiet. And then I started with hypnosis because I'm a hypnotherapist. And the experiences that I had blew my mind, legitimately blew my mind, past life regressions, cord cuttings, crazy, mystical, amazing experiences. The experiences you personally or with your clients? Personally had. And then learned how to do. So I I had it myself actually on Bex's yoga retreat. Wait a second, but wait, the past life regressions, those happen naturally to you as a... As no, no, I did a past life regression oh, you did with a hypnotherapist. With, oh, okay. And okay. then I was so blown away by what happened that I then studied hypnotherapy about five years ago. Gotcha. And so I've been practicing hypnosis since then and, and obviously have had a lot of experiences with clients, but I've also had my own really intense personal experiences. And what I had found is that I... I do truly believe that we are evolving as souls and relationships on earth as humans is how we evolve. And then after we pass, we kind of have just a divinity of pure love. Like I I believe that we, and the only way, and it's not quite this, but this is what I kind of, I see it as is almost, we're kind of like star beams of pure love. And then whether or not we choose to come back and learn our lessons again and evolve from that point on, I think that, you know, there's kind of a hierarchy that we try to achieve. And our purpose is really to continually evolve so that humanity as a whole is a lot more loving. I'm right there. With, <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. I'm right there with you yeah. because, I mean, I, I did read, I always felt that way, but I did read some work by Brian Weiss. Yep. He's, many you know lives, many masters. Yeah. If, if anyone's not heard of him, he's a um, psychiatrist that uh, was traditional, Harvard educated, started regressing people just into childhood through hypnosis, by accident regressed people into past lives, thought it was their imagination, sat with it for a couple of years and then figured out it wasn't. So, um, so when I read those books, I was like, yeah, that's exactly like he's just in, like, you know, written and described everything that I believe because otherwise, I mean, what would it be worth? What the hell, why are we here? Why are we working on a relationship what are we with doing? somebody? What does it yeah. matter? You yeah. Know what and I mean? why it's does like, love feel like the biggest draw out of everything? All of it. Why is it our biggest beyond money, which obviously people do love money and they love material things. But beyond that, it really comes back to love. So why would that be part of it unless just evolving as a human, evolving personally, um, if that's not the whole point. And it's funny. So my first, I'm touching my side right now because I have a tattoo of be love on the side of me because in my first hypnosis experience, I met one of my guides and I asked him what my purpose was. Spirit guides? Spirit guide. Oh yeah. Come on. Let's go with this. And Tell me more. And he told me that my purpose, and I was, I was a freaking lawyer <laughs> turned like entrepreneur turned coach at this point. Like my woo-ness was like, woo, baby woo. Actually non-existent. I've done yoga. So I'm like literally talking to this dude in my meditation and asking him like, hey, 
you know, now I'm here and doing some hypnosis and I'm on a yoga retreat. Why don't you tell me about my life's purpose? And he said to be love. And I was like, well, that doesn't really give me a whole lot of direction. I was like, that's a lot. Like, couldn't you tell me like I'm supposed to be a cashier at Target or something? Right. Like, that's very, that's very general. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, be love. But uh, as it evolves. Vo- like voices or like. How no, see, come- full vision. Full vision. Full vision. I, okay. I've never yeah. had. I mean, I have had some experiences like that, but not, not, not really. Yeah. Not really. I'm, I'm always so fascinated by these. Yeah. And then it's, it's gotten weirder throughout the last six years, a lot weirder. And it's interesting. One of my clients now, um, she came to me as a relationship coaching client and we just started getting into kind of the woo stuff. And she's like, who are you? She's yeah. like, you're like, you're like a vitamin infused cupcake. Like yeah. <laughs> she thought she was getting like a cupcake. And then I'm like, oh no, send me a picture of someone and I can read them. And like, I can tell you, I can read people's energy. I can read and I can tell you a lot. What kind of information can you get from people? It depends what you're asking for. I can get answers pretty quickly. Like you could read me right now? Like, what do you want to know? I kind of almost well, don't want to know because I love the mystery of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So do I. So I think it's, you know, and, and there's times when you're not going to get an answer. And like, I'll ask for things for myself and, you know, try to understand kind of what's coming next. And I'm not going to get that. But the be love and what I believe in, in terms of how souls evolve and why we're here and, and what we're trying to do as a humanity, like that's, that's always kind of, that's there. Well, yeah, I love that you got a direct communication where you're like, no, I saw the, the yeah, person no. and we talked because whenever we talk just to like psychics or whatever, it's always like, well, they're showing me a shape and it like looks like a squirrel silhouette. I get that like, too, though. Like, like I get weird. I like so it was funny yesterday. I was I was talking to one of my friends who's having some trouble with guys. Obviously, that's what all my friends come to me for. And um, I get metaphors like visual metaphors in my head. And what they showed me, like I literally got this super clear she was saying like I don't know like I feel like I kind of have this you know wall up and it's not the right timing and I don't know you know if I'm gonna start meeting people again and I saw this popcorn popper but like old school you know like the metal like the the pan with like the lid the glass lids where it starts to pop up and then pop out the top and it showed me to me that answered everything I was like you're gonna have all of this coming at you but the timing's not right and it just showed like this very, very simple image that I think translates. And I think that's what a lot of psychics do is like they'll get an image and the translation could be wrong sometimes. Well, that makes sense for you to, to like so you can so they so you're almost assisted like divinely through, yeah. through forming yeah, your own through thought, popcorn through using but, but but using your own, you know, minds to to yeah. to, um, to direct this message to whoever you're giving it to. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, a lot of weird shit, though. But, um, <laughs> I have no idea what the follow up uh, spirit guides on the beach with, but uh, that's another day. All right, so all of your projects are top secret, and you don't want to talk about any of them. So we're not we're not going to promote any upcoming books or no, I got nothing. Like that. You had a podcast in 2012 that you seem to have forgotten about. I did. I totally forgot like about way, that for a we, second. Way ahead of everybody with yeah. podcasts, but you don't you're not doing any now. So no, it was a lot of work. It is. I, a, I give you a lot of credit. It's a lot of freaking work. It wouldn't be if I just did audio. I decided that yeah. everything needs to be filmed. It's still no. It's still a lot of work. Like sitting down and actually scheduling people and doing it. Like I found it to be a lot of work. It can be if you want yeah. it to be right and to be fully prepared for people. It's very yeah. difficult for me to to do these now with running the studio. Yeah. Because I, I thought I had this like romantic idea like, oh, I'm going to like work for 12 hours and then we'll just set this up and do a podcast at 9 p.m. And it's like, 
I had the energy physically for it, but mentally I didn't have yeah. the bandwidth to be able to be like present with what someone's really about. And yeah. like, you know, talking there, about it's it. a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot to be on. So, so I get that. Yeah. So an, no podcast. You would have an amazing podcast though. Yeah. Here I am though. I'm on yours. So much easier. I'm going to go freeze myself afterwards. Yeah. We're going to do a cryo session. Life. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks after for all, having after me. All these after years, all these years. I appreciate it so much. I know everyone <laughs> got a lot of value out of this. I always do. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. I'd love to. I promise I'll make it weird next time. I, I feel like I got... Oh, we're, we have so much weird stuff we could talk about. I know. I got a little... I got. I was very nervous about this one. And of course, they happened to do construction for the first half of it. And just the way it went. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Thanks for having me. 